Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 13. We're going to do something that is will make sense. Um, We're going to focus on the uh, first couple of verses in John chapter 14, but tonight we're going to actually back up a little bit because uh, some of the verses in John 13 kind of set the stage for for what we're going to talk about, and and it also kind of goes along with that. In John chapter 13, verse 31, it says, Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus uh, said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I am with you, and yet shall you seek me. And I, as I said unto uh, the Jews, whither I go, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, and you have loved one another. And by this sh- uh, shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? And Jesus answered him, Whither I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. And Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. And Jesus answered him, uh, Will thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily I say unto you, Uh, The cock shall not crow until thou hast denied me three times, or thrice. In chapter 14 it says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. And whither I go, uh, whither I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. And if ye had known me, ye should uh, have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. We're going to stop there, kind of. It, it's kind of, this this whole section goes on and on uh, through chapter fourteen. But uh, I was watching something the other day, and and I heard something on the news or on television uh, that it came up that, and uh, and expressed a sentiment that a lot of people have, and that is is that it's about heaven and about. Uh, there's a sentiment that's going out around there that and it's and it's really a way uh it's an insidious uh type of sentiment that 
some Christians have even uh, grabbed hold of and, and made it a part of their life, and that is the teaching or the belief that, uh, that heaven is what we make of our life here on earth. And that's not anywhere close to the truth. Uh, there, there's no, nothing uh, uh, anywhere near the truth in that kind of statement. But there's a lot of people that are uh, kind of uh, more along uh, the atheist uh, belief that uh, is, is basically expressing the belief that there's nothing to... Uh, the teachings of Jesus, there's nothing to God's Word, there's nothing to uh, this belief that uh, heaven is an, another uh, place, a place, uh, and to be quite honest, we paint an image of heaven that is uh, based on our culture. Um, there's a lot of people who, when you say and you talk about heaven, uh, for a long time, there was that image of pearly gates, and when you die, you walk up to the pearly gates, and the sentiment and the belief, even though there's nowhere in the Bible where St. Peter's sitting there at the pearly gates, guarding the gates, and and people having to come up to the gate and, and justify being led into heaven, and that there's nothing about that in God's word. There's a lot of jokes that start with a lawyer or somebody dies and they go to uh, to heaven and they're standing at the pearly gates. There's a lot of jokes that start that way, but but unfortunately, there's a lot of people that that uh, have a misconception of heaven. Uh, we we cast our own cultural understandings of things in terms of uh, the Bible says that uh, the the heaven has streets of gold and gates of pearl. Uh, these are things that that we hold in great value, and we think, oh, heaven's all about great wealth, and and that's the exact opposite of what God is trying to express in saying that the streets are uh, uh, golden streets and and gates of pearl. Uh, it is to portray the purity of heaven and and the pricelessness of being in the presence of God, but it also is to convey, and this is what my, so many people miss, is that Gold has such a uh, high value here on earth. We make rings out of it. We make jewelry out of it, pendants. and uh, uh, There's people who crave gold. There's people that hoard it. And it has such great value here. But in God's Word, the expression of, of streets of gold is to to express to us that none of that has value when you're in the presence of God. Gold loses its value and it just becomes a shiny ornament like chrome is on on your car. It's chrome's not uh, the value of gold. It's just something that shines pretty and makes your vehicle look pretty. Uh, gold in heaven. Uh, streets of gold just makes the streets look pretty, but it has no, it's like the value of, you know, we don't, why do we not pave the roads with gold? Because gold is, is rare and scarce here. So we pave it with that which has no value, uh, rock and gravel and, and dirt. 
mixtures made into asphalt, those kind of things. It's it's stuff that we have an abundance of, so we use all that abundance to make our roads. And in heaven, gold is not going to have great significance. Uh, the walls are are made of jasper, and and the 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 uh, gates are pearly gates. Those things have no great value because all that loses value because of the fact that we want to be in the presence of God. And 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 we uh, what's one of the th- what's something else you can name as a, uh, if I say uh, describe for me heaven. Another thing that we use to describe heaven is is mansions, right? Uh, even in our scripture tonight, uh, it it uh, it talks about Jesus saying, I'm, "I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go uh, there, you will be with me also." Uh, in verse two, it says, "In my Father's house are many." Mansions, and we think of Beverly Hills when we think of mansions, don't we? We think, uh, 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 to be honest, I think of Beverly Hillbillies, you know, and I think of that big mansion that the Hillbillies moved in. And I see myself uh, when I was little, I, and I read this verse, I saw myself like the Beverly Hillbillies, being a, uh, a backward hillbilly little boy walking into heaven and and this mansion and and looking around and not realizing that uh the uh i always thought it was comical when they would sit down to eat and they'd sit at the billiard pool table and use the uh, pool cues to push the pots around and and uh and all that and 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 using all that stuff because they didn't know what it was all for and and they didn't they didn't understand what all this was because they were such poor people from the backwoods and I, I saw, saw myself going into heaven and not having an appreciation for that heavenly mansion because I, I didn't have it as a child you know all this opulence and wealth but if you study this verse I don't want to uh, uh, let you down uh, if you study this verse it's not about mansions it's not about streets of gold heaven is about being in the presence of God and Jesus is not here contradicting that kind of thing saying that uh, in my father's house are many mansions that word literally means dwelling places rather than mansions it the uh, the Greek word that's there that is used for dwelling places kind of we get our word for mansion but really what does a mansion mean but a dwelling place uh, it's the high end what we characterize as a high end house you know and I I, I, I like driving through some of these new subdivisions uh, in uh, big towns and everything and and you see all these I call them McMansions it looks like a mansion on a little small piece of property uh, and how people want to have these big huge opulent I wouldn't know how to clean a house uh, keep it clean uh, having a house that big it's just too big and but what God is, uh, what Jesus is trying to tell us is that God doesn't have a you know a big Beverly Hills mansion like the the Clampets have for you. What He has is is what He's trying to say is there's 
there's a lot of place for all people to come and dwell. And the whole idea is, is that uh, we heaven is about dwelling with God, of being in the presence of God. And, and Jesus is saying, in my Father's house are many dwelling places so everyone has room there's room for you and there's room for you and there's room for uh you and you and you and you it's not like we're going to have to double up and 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 sleep six to a bed uh because we we don't have enough room for everybody he's saying there's room for everyone and there's room and he says if i go and i'm preparing a place so that there's room for anyone who would come after me and go uh, go to be with the father the whole idea here is, is that Jesus, and it begins in chapter 13, uh, and the reason I read that is because uh, John here kind of puts these two close together. He said, he's saying, uh, you're going, I'm going to go to a place where you're not going to be able to find me, but, uh, but he says uh, that... Where I'm going, you can't go now, but you'll go later. And then he, he reiterates that in chapter 14 where he, he's talking to the disciples at a different time and he says to them, uh, he says, look, I'm going to a place and uh, you're not going to go with me now, but I'm going to come again for you. And he's talking about, uh, and he says, I think it's important that what he's saying here and now we have to understand this is before Jesus is betrayed this is before he's crucified on the cross and raised the third day so this is all before uh, Jesus uh, reveals himself through the the death on the cross the disciples are seeing him as the great this great teacher and remember I, I we've understood and learned about this uh, view of Jesus Christ as as teacher for the disciples they went with Jesus everywhere he went and he uh, they did that in order to learn all the teachings that Jesus had to share with them and it was a, a 24 hour seven day a week uh, lesson in uh, it, it's it was an intensive college course basically is what it was it's three and a half years of, of spending every moment with Jesus and they got to understand the whole teaching of Jesus from uh, not just the things that he said but everything he did as well and all the things that he uh, did as he interacted with others and, and that's why we have such a great wealth of teaching in the gospels as the disciples recount as much as they can uh, in these gospels and what uh, we have here is uh, Jesus is telling his disciples look I'm going to a place where you, where you can't go the cross and he's saying to them, uh, you're not going to be able to go with me. Uh, and he even says, uh, but later you will go with me. What's that mean? Well, he's talking about going to the cross and dying. And, uh, and it's not the, the, it, just about every one of the disciples died as a martyr for Jesus Christ. And so at some point in their life, they will follow after Jesus in martyrdom and death. And he's saying, look, you're, you're, what, he, what he's telling them is, is I'm basically he's saying, I'm going to die. You can't follow me, but you're going to follow me later. And he's talking about 
uh, going into the presence of the Father. And he says in, in chapter 14, let not your hearts be troubled. And he's saying, look, there's coming a time where you're going to be going through great... Ter- Imagine what it must have been like to be with Jesus for three and a half years and expect Jesus to always be there and to, and to consistently be able to, uh, to go with Jesus and to always go and find Jesus. You know, as a disciple, they most likely felt as though they would be with Jesus for a, a long period of time and then they may even go off and be a teacher themselves but always be able to go back to Jesus and to and to confer with him but to carry on those teachings but always be able to go back to Jesus but that would be if Jesus was just any normal rabbi Jesus wasn't a normal rabbi he was Jesus was God incarnate and he was sharing with them these uh, lessons that they would need to then go and take to the world and he wasn't going to stay with them why because he was going to go to the cross and so uh, Jesus is telling them, look, you're going to go be in great turmoil. But he says, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in you believe in God. Believe in me. He says, if you believe in God, you you uh, you know, these what Jesus was teaching the disciples was not something different from uh, Judaism. It was the correct understanding of what God was trying to express to the Jewish people before and they just simply didn't understand because uh, they got into and, and there's a lot of people today that get into ritualism well, church is, is, is a, and for some people that go to church it's about sit down, stand up sit down, stand up sit down, sing a song, listen to somebody pray, sit down. Uh, then you sit down for a while and listen to somebody preach for a little while, then stand up, sing, sit down, stand up, sit down, and go home. You know, it's all about the rituals and all the things. And for the Jewish people, it became a ritualistic thing of we do this this way in order to worship God. And at first, it was important for them to understand uh, exactly how they were to worship. Why did God do it that way? Is because God uh, uh, was trying to teach them how to worship Him correctly. As they were coming out of Egypt, the Israelites had been slaves. They had, slaves. They had been under the influence of the Egyptian people, and they had worshipped the gods of the Egyptians. And so, for a long time, they they uh, had no clear instruction as to how they were to worship God correctly. And so as they were coming out of Egypt, God had to teach them how to correctly worship. And so he had to teach them that they had to sacrifice. He had to teach them that they had to come to God uh, in purity. He had to teach them that they had to live pure life in order to come to the presence of God. Why? Because God was trying to teach them that he's holy. And they were to seek righteousness in their life because that's how they were to define that presence with God and have the God's presence in their life and that was to let them and the whole meaning of the Ten Commandments was to help them to understand that they weren't holy that God was holy and God expected them to be holy and that they that that lack of holiness created a need for a savior so that when Jesus Christ did come when the Messiah was there that they would understand that they needed the Messiah not as a conquering king but a suffering servant, a sacrifice, 
a pure sacrifice on the cross so that they would be able to have a final sacrifice that all those lambs, all those bulls, all those other sacrifices that they had been giving before would be able to fill what could never be filled by that blood, all that blood. And read through the Old Testament and it's just a, a flow of blood. But it's a flow of blood that leads to the cross of Calvary that helps the, the Israelites to understand that all that blood cannot wash away the sins. Only the blood of Jesus Christ could wash away the sins. And only Jesus Christ could be the sacrifice that, that they had been looking for all along. And so God is trying to help them to understand that their need for a Savior, their need for righteousness, their need for uh, this redemption that Jesus Christ brought. And so Jesus is trying to reassure His disciples that, hey, I'm going and I'm going to pay the price for you. And He says, and then He says, but my Father's house has many mansions. And He says, if it weren't so, I would tell you but I go and prepare a place for you. He says, look, it's not just that, that you're seeking redemption and, and seeking righteousness, but that righteousness is so that you would go to the Father. And Jesus says, look, He says, the whole purpose is to be there with the Father. My Father's house has many mansions and I'm going so you can go there and prepare a place for you so that I can come again. He says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. He says, so the whole purpose is is that you would find redemption. You would find righteousness in through redemption of the blood of Jesus Christ so that you can come and be in the presence of the Father and where uh, and I'm going to go and prepare it so that you can come and be there also and so that where I am you will be able to go also. And he says, uh, and whither I go you know and the way you know. And so he's saying to his disciples, look, you've, you've gotten all the information you need. You, you know where I'm going. I'm going to go with the Father. I'm going to... And all the Jewish people understood and, and had an understanding of, of God the Father and, and the fact that He was not here, <clears throat> but in heaven, in the dwelling place of God, that this was not a place of heaven, but rather that... And, and the world has always been seen in the eyes of, of in the Jewish mind that that uh, this was not the place where uh, that the earth and the, everything that has to do with the earth is shrouded in sin. Jesus Christ came, and uh, that's how Gnosticism kind of took root in the first century. Was that Gnosticism was about uh, uh, the fact that. Uh, that God is holy and therefore we can't go and be with God because He's holy and so uh, we have to, uh, we're, uh, we're removed from God because of His holiness. And, there, and the belief of Gnosticism was is that you could get a special understanding, a certain knowledge that would bring you closer to God and allow you to be in God's presence. That's not what, uh, but Jesus is saying, look, you know the way 
And the way is through righteousness. It's not through the gaining of knowledge. It's not through getting a special knowledge. And you hear hear that apostasy in, in some uh, teachings of some preachers to, to this day. How they say, I've received a special word from God. As if they're the only one that has ever received this and God's only going to tell this one person and, and this one person uh, who expects people to send in donations <laughs> is is the only conduit to God. That's not the case. That's not what uh, God wanted. God wanted everyone to have a way to Him. And that way's through Jesus Christ. And uh, Jesus here is saying... I, uh, it, um, He says, I am the way, verse 6, I am the way, I am the truth and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus is saying, look, I am the only way to the Father. And this is explained because uh, uh, in this, and we like to uh, group the way, the truth, and life. But uh, really the truth and life explains how Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way because He is truth. And his, the truth of Jesus Christ brings us life in the Father. And so uh, the reason that Je- uh, Jesus is the way because He is the way to, to all truth and that truth is the understanding uh, of God and, and His love and that brings about life in our life. And so he says, no man comes to the Father but by me. And this is how uh, the world gets so far off. We live in a world where uh, Oprah and all the others want to say, you know, well, uh, there are many ways to God. and uh, Christianity is just your way. And, and I find that there's more and more stuff in our culture that is pointing towards uh, things like Islam and and other faiths as being just as valid as Christianity and being just as valid as uh, any other faith and these other uh, these uh, uh, faith uh, faith all these other faiths that are out there Hinduism and and Buddhism and all these other things are just as valid as Christianity and there's also the the the, the lie that says, well, if you lived, if you didn't live in North America and grow up here, uh, blessed in the Western culture, then you would have grown up in a in a culture that was different, that would have uh, you would have been exposed to these other faiths. And uh, so uh, and they're just as valid because that's where they grew up. Christianity is different. Christianity is not uh, a way. Jesus says, I am the way, the only way. Uh, Buddhism, Hinduism, Hinduism has many gods. And uh, your ultimate goal is to try and be enlightened to to the point where you become a god yourself. Uh, Buddhism is about reincarnation, doing things over and over and over again until you get it right. And uh, you are the better you are, the higher you are reincarnated so that someday you you are reincarnated to uh, the next plane. Uh, uh, Islam is all about uh, God as a vengeful God and using 
any means necessary to, uh, quote unquote, to get people to follow after uh, Allah. And that is, and so they want to say, well, Allah is the name of God. And so when they pray to Allah, they're praying to God just like you pray to God. Uh, no, uh, God is, it, my God doesn't say if uh, you have to come to know me or else I'm going to blow your brains out or blow you up in a, in a, with a bomb or slit your throat. And uh, the beginning of Islam, it was at the point of a, a sword. Uh, that's not God's uh, design for leading people to the saving knowledge of God. That's not what God expects. Uh, either they accept me or you slit their throat. Uh, no, God's the one who will eventually judge all mankind. It's not for us to judge them. And so, and then the person who follows Islam is not even assured that they'll have a place in heaven. They, uh, that's why the uh, jihad is so uh, uh, enticing to so many is because uh, they're guaranteed of a place in heaven. Because if they are uh, just simply a, a faithful adherent to uh, Islam, they go through all the motions, do all the things that they're called to do, they, uh, they hope that God that Allah will will remember them. And so uh, these are all so different from uh, our understanding of God and our understanding of His love and, and the way in which He expresses Himself to us in His Word. Uh, the Bible and the Quran are not the same. They're not uh, just different expressions of the same God. Uh, the Bible is very different from the Quran and very different understanding of who God is. And so Jesus says, I am the way, the only way to the Father. And if you know, uh, Jesus says, if you know me, you know the Father. You know and understand who He is. And He says in verse 7, if you had known uh, me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth, uh, you shall know Him and have seen Him. And so Jesus is saying, look, uh, you know me and you know my teachings. And that goes back to another uh, part of what is in chapter 13. And he says in verse 34, a new commandment I give unto you. This is all a part of seeking after Jesus, which is in verse 33. He says, little children, you, uh, for a little while I'm with you and you shall seek me and I shall uh, and as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, you cannot go. Now I say unto you, a new commandment I give you, that you love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, uh, that no, Excuse me, that you uh, have love for one another as I have loved you, and that you also love one another. This message of love is what separates uh, for our understanding of Christ and, and of God from all other faiths in the world. This aspect of love and His, uh, that we should demonstrate our understanding of God. In, and when Jesus says that you are to love one another, what He's saying is take on the attributes of God. Have, this is, God is love. And so if you're going to follow me, you need to uh, you need to be like me and be like the father. And so express the same love that God is by loving one another. And so he, he's saying uh, this is how you know 
that you're following after God. If you have love for one another, if you love one another, and and the these things are all pivotal in what he says in chapter fourteen, that you've known me, you know the Father. How do we know that you know Jesus Christ? How do we know that you know the Father? Because you have love for one another, and so uh, Jesus says, "I am the way." the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. The disciples still aren't getting it. Philip says in verse 8, saying, Lord, show us the Father. And it it suffices uh, suffices us. Jesus said to him, verse 9, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believe thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. And the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Believe me, and I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do. Henceforth I go unto my Father. And Jesus goes on and on and on about, look, you are, you're not getting it. You're not seeing it. If you see me, you see the Father. He's saying, if, if you come unto me, you're going to the Father. He's saying, look, and here's how you know that you are... Uh, Understanding it, if you have that, that, if you begin to take on the characteristics of God the Father and love, loving others, doing for others, uh, if you uh, carry on the teachings of Jesus, it has everything to do with love. Verse 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. See, he's saying, Look, here's how you take on the attributes of God, keep the commandments of God. Because they're rooted in love for me and love for the Father, love for each other. And so that's one of our greatest calls as Christians is to, is to understand that relationship that Jesus is talk, pulling us in, calling us to do. He says, and this glorifies God, as he says in verse 31. And glorify, uh, God is glorified in him and he's glorified in the things that we do that we lo- when we love one another. And he says, uh, uh, so this is, how, this is the portrait of heaven. It's when we begin to be more and more like God. It, our spiritual journey is not just get saved, wait a long time and get then die or Jesus comes back and we go to heaven. Our spiritual journey is we we come to know Christ and his love for us. And then that journey begins with each day growing in the love of Jesus Christ to the point where we begin to love like Christ, love others like Christ loved us. 
and beginning to share that love to others and then beginning to, to see the, in ourselves the attributes of Jesus Christ, the attributes of God and loving others and doing for others and sacrificing ourselves for others and being willing to put ourselves out there to express the love of God and doing things that help to express God's love. And really that's what we need uh, uh, to understand that heaven is is encapsulated in this journey of growing in love and being in His presence uh, is, is all that we desire. It's not about pearly gates. It's not about streets of gold. It's not about mansions like the Clampets had. It's all about being in the presence of God and basking in that love and and carrying with us as many people as we can in love and sharing love, the love of God with others and having those individuals experience the love of God in their life as well. And so uh, we as a church have an obligation, don't we? We have an obligation to help people to understand. Uh, there was a survey that was done by Fox News and they asked people if they believed that they were going to heaven or if they believed in heaven. 85% of the Americans said that they believed in heaven. Strangely enough, 87% of Americans said they believed that they were going to heaven. Only 13% said that they didn't know whether or not they were going to heaven. It's a matter of do they understand where, where heaven is? how we get to heaven. We get to heaven through Jesus Christ. We get to heaven by uh, allowing Jesus to come into our heart and life and allowing His love to shine through us and to share with other people. Uh, the, the real crux of the matter is, is that everyone should desire to be able to go to heaven and not for streets of gold and not, you know, the way some people are, I wouldn't want to. If, if all, all it was about was streets of gold, I wouldn't want to go to heaven because it doesn't say anything about cars driving on those streets of gold. Everybody wants to ride, drive in a car. Less, you know, don't, don't walk anywhere. Just going to uh, drive everywhere. But, that, you know, that's silliness there. But um, we, we need to share with as many people as we can. It's not about the streets of gold. It's not about the pearly gates. It's not about mansions. It's about the presence of God and, and being in His presence and the presence of His love and having His love shine upon us and our love for Him returning to Him because of what He has done for us and His love for us. And we need to... And I'm a firm believer that if we share that love with others... And if we begin to, if people begin to experience the love of God, then we'll have fewer experiences where uh, there's uh, all the stuff, bad stuff that we see on the news at night uh, will be less and less. If more and more people receive the love of God, uh, there'll be fewer and fewer instances where we see school shootings, where we see uh, murders and things like that. I believe God's love changes every life. We need to share that love. We need, as a church, need to uh, go out and express the love of God with others. To point them to Jesus Christ and say, He is the way. He's the truth. Because He is truth. And that truth brings us to life, eternal life in God, uh, in Christ Jesus. Eternal life with God.
in His love. Let's pray.